my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution. Of course, each and every week we talk about it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And the story we are talking about today is really a battle over decentralization. What people think is decentralized versus what really is. And this really is about cryptocurrency and what is decentralized and what is centralized. And it's centralized that is the problem, which is what we're trying to get away from, which is why we're talking about the decentralized revolution. Now, if you are just tuning in and you've missed in the beginning, we talked about this FTX blow up in the cryptocurrency space. We framed up um, how this whole thing worked, how their two companies worked, how they create value out of thin air, why venture capitalists love it, why the media loves it, why advertisers love it, why it got so much hype and play. Then we got into the deep ties that Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX, have inside the government. So if you missed any of that, go back and check out Hour One on the uh, podcast. You can link to that. Um, or um, check me out on YouTube as well. Just search Mark Moss and 
watch me there as well. Now, let's keep going in here. So we were talking about the deep ties that they have to the government. And that's part of the problem, of course, right? It's always about the favors. It's always about the money that you want to put into the market. And we know that there were deep ties, like I said, deep ties with the World Economic Forum, deep ties even into the Ukrainian government, uh, deep ties into the U.S. government, both in donating, being the second largest donor to the Biden administration, and then donating over $40 million for the midterm elections, basically influencing every election across the country. Big, 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 big deals. Um, on top of this, as, as bad as that is, then we also know that there's connections with the regulatory bodies, the SEC and the CFTC. We can see here that um, Sam Bankman-Fried's father, so I said both of his parents are very connected into the Democratic Party, uh, both in influencing policy, writing policy, and so forth. We can see here that we can see here that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried's father actually drafted tax legislation for Senator Elizabeth Warren and donated thousands of dollars to their party. So Senator Elizabeth Warren who of course has been very, very outspoken about this and she's going to get to the bottom of this and she's going to fix this and she needs to protect the people. Meanwhile, the guy's father writes her legislation and her policies and donates money to her campaign. Oh, what a tangled web this is. She introduced a bill called the Tax Filing Simplification Act in 2016. Warren, who currently chairs both the Senate Banking Committee's Economic Policy and the Senate Finance Committee's Fiscal Responsibility Subcommittee um, is somehow connected to this. Now, you know, I'm not saying she's a part of it. I'm not going to draw that conclusion. But again, this goes deep. Bankman-Fried uh, says here was uh, donated to the Democratic Party. We already, we already talked about that. All right, so that's part of it. Um, we also know, like I said uh, earlier, if you just tune in, that uh, his girlfriend ran the sister company Alameda, which um, her father was the boss of Gary Gensler, the head of the SEC. We also know that um, when all of this came out, um, FTX froze everybody's money, wouldn't allow anybody to get out. Um, there was about a billion dollars sitting on the exchange that could potentially, you know, get divided up between um, customers or could get, uh, you know, divided up uh, creditors or something like that. Um, there was about $1.7 billion in assets there, and then they just disappeared. So FTX says, oh, there's a hack. There was a hack. All that money just disappeared, which is pretty coincidental, right? Again, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, it says that it might be taken up by the SEC and DOJ in their investigations, but Bankman-Fried allegedly, allegedly uh, implemented a backdoor NTF into FDX's bookkeeping system. Reuters repeated that the alleged backdoor enabled Bankman-Fried to execute commands that could alter the company's financial records without alerting other people, including external auditors. The very fact that they would have something like this, again, why do you build something like this so you could move funds without alerting auditors unless you are moving funds without alerting auditors or you want to move funds? With, like, 
like uh i mean this is like this whole like uh you know now now uh all this conspiracy that people were deplatformed for for saying that you know uh the covid could have come from a lab and now the government says yeah it actually did come from a lab uh but why were they work why do they work on these things in a lab like what's what's the point unless you want to use them right and so why would you build a backdoor unless you want to use it and it gets even better than that so the there's a guy named Dan Friedberg, who is the chief regulatory officer, the middle word, regulatory, the chief regulatory officer, the guy who's supposed to be in charge of regulations, Dan Friedberg. Oh, he's got a troubled past. As a matter of fact, he comes from another company called Ultimate Bets that got brought up on charges of having what? Oh, a back door. Hmm. Seems pretty coincidental. So he had a company called Ultimate Bets that was fined uh, massively for having a backdoor, something he called God Code, that allowed him to see all the hands <clears throat> of all the other gamblers on the platform. So then he could then play against them. Imagine being a, playing poker and seeing all your opponent's cards, knowing when you could bluff them, knowing when you should fold, etc. And that's what he built in. And he got busted for it. And now he just happens to be the chief regulatory officer of this company, which has a back door in which, um, you know, billions of dollars of customer funds disappeared without triggering internal compliance or accounting red flags. Now, Bankman Fried told Reuters that he hadn't implemented a back door, but the investigations show otherwise. And supposedly SEC and DOJ are investigating this. Um, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, so what else we can see here that, uh, oh, as I said, yeah, Maxine waters, she's now, um, Democrats deciding to recommit funds from FTX donations towards charity or other party campaigns after they filed bankruptcy. Maxine waters is dodging questions says she doesn't want to get into it. She is the chairwoman of the house financial services committee. Hmm. She said they would be having a hearing to explore. Interesting. Um, it gets even deeper than that if we want to keep going. And what do I mean by that? Well, we can see that, as I said, there's massive ties to the regulatory bodies, the SEC and the SCFTC. Maxine Waters, the House Financial Committee, um, Senator Elizabeth Warren. I mean, this uh, the, the 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 Biden administration, even the World Economic Forum. I mean, it goes deep, deep, deep. And again, um, where there's smoke, there's fire. Typically, now what happens next? And I think this is a key piece to understanding. Now, hopefully, if you were here on hour one and you understood how this all worked, understanding what comes next is a little bit easier to understand. Now, what comes next in the in the in the short to midterm for Sam Bankman Freed? There's a you know in in election markets they run polls to find out who gets elected. The polls aren't typically as accurate as the betting markets are. The betting markets are typically more accurate because people actually put their money where their mouth is. They have to put up money to vote versus polls. People just like say whatever. Um, and there's actually a betting market on will SBF be federally indicted by the end of the year. Pretty interesting. And uh, you won't believe what the betting markets are saying. Or maybe you will. 
Um, if his money, his billions of dollars he created out of thin air, defrauded with counterfeit money and poured into the political parties of the Democrats and the and the president and the regulators, maybe you will believe what this uh, betting market says. But I'll be back with that and more in a minute. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the FTX fiasco, the crypto market meltdown. I'll be back with that and more in a minute, so don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. High Five Casino. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Sam Bankman-Fried, FTX, and the blow-up happening. I was talking about how um, this is probably the biggest case of fraud that uh, we've seen, you know, maybe potentially since, I don't know, Enron or since, um, you know, Bernie Madoff, potentially, something like that. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking about Enron, Enron, if you're not familiar, was a uh, giant company that did massive amounts of fraud and money laundering, embezzlement, and stuff like that. And um, what we can see is that uh, when FTX filed for bankruptcy, they filed for Chapter 11, and they had to file an affidavit. And um, they appointed a restructuring CEO, John Ray the Third, and he oversaw Enron's bankruptcy proceedings. And he, after looking at the contents of their affidavit, calls FTX's case the worst of his career. 
and the contents are shocking. So uh, the guy who sat on arguably the biggest fraud case in history is now saying that this is actually the worst that he's seen in his whole career. So let's see what he has to say here. Um, it says, look, we owe a lot of people a lot of money and we don't know exactly where it all is, but we're looking. We don't know where the money went. We don't know who we owe it to, but don't worry, we're going to look into it. All right. Um, he says that it's one of the, uh, he is one of the most experienced restructuring executives in the world, having overseen Enron and a slew of other high profile bankruptcies. Um, raised statements are given under penalty of perjury. All right. So that's to say that's a serious investigation. Ray opens with his experience and then immediately condemns FTX as the worst case of his career. Quote, never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here End quote. So it wasn't just like some mistake. When you have a corporation and you have investors there are things that are required to be done by law, and they did none of those. Never have I seen such a complete failure of corporate control. So there's controls that are supposed to be in place to make sure that you do the best things, and they have failed all those things. He identified four businesses within FTX. So we kind of know about these, Alameda, um, different FTX things, and that's not super important. Uh, but he said uh, he immediately communicates distrust of any furnished financials, FTX US balance sheet shows 1.36 billion in assets. However, he says, quote, because this balance sheet was produced while the debtors were controlled by Mr. Bankman Fried, I do not have confidence in it. End quote. So basically he's saying, look, we don't trust anything that they have to say. We can't believe any of this. Um, he then goes on to recount SPF's negotiations with attorneys and his father around filing chapter eleven. Which is in his interview with Vox, SPF stated as his biggest regret, claiming that everything would be 70% fixed by now, if he hadn't. So F, uh, SBF, the head of FTX, um, <laughs> he just can't keep his mouth shut. And he can't stay out of trouble. He started having um, a, a DM conversation with uh, a reporter from Vox. And in this, he, I mean, just gave out so much damning information it's incredible. It's incredible that he would actually say this and not just say it like verbally where someone could misconstrue it. No, no, no. He actually put it in text where people could read it. The reporter said, quote, you were really good at talking about ethics for someone who kind of saw it all as a game with winners and losers. And Sam Bankman Fried says, yeah, he, he, I had to be. He, he, he's laughing about it. So you were talking, you're good about talking about um, Paul, um, ethics, right? Because he was in Washington trying to push regulations to supposedly regulate the fraud out of the crypto industry while he was doing it. So the reporter said, hey, you were good about talking about it. And he said, yeah, he, he, I had to be. It's what reputations are made of to some extent. I feel, I feel bad for those who get effed by it. By this dumb game, we woke Westerners play where we say all the right shibboleths, and so everyone likes us. So he says right here to the reporter, I had to. I had to pretend. I feel bad for those who get effed by it. So, you know, those hundreds of thousands of families who literally lost their life savings and 
people who don't have medications now and kids can't go to college now and they don't have homes anymore. I feel bad for those people who get effed by my lies, my pretending to be somebody. By this dumb game, we woke Westerners play where we say all the right things so people like us. No, we don't do that. That's called lies. That's called deceit. And that's called fraud. No, that's not what we do. That's what he did. This is what he said in text message. I mean, I just can't believe it. Um, the whole world thought he was the smartest guy in the world. The smartest, some of the smartest investors in the world got totally scammed by this guy, which I don't understand because he can't even keep his mouth shut. This is what he said in text messages. He put this into writing. Nobody with half a brain would put that stuff into writing. Um, Elon Musk, apparently he wanted to donate or not donate, but invest up to $15 billion into Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. And Elon Musk said just after sitting down with him, just for a couple of minutes, his BS alarms were going off and he knew that he couldn't take on any of his money. So um, this was not uh, this was this was not something that nobody caught. People caught it. Elon Musk caught it. They could see it. Now, people didn't see it because they didn't want to see it. Um, but uh, let's see. Let's see if we can find some more of what he said here. There was a whole thread on it, but I, I seem to have lost it. But anyway, um, he, he, he bamboozled, we'll say. Well, he bamboozled the industry. We had Jim Cramer. Jim Cramer um, called him the next J.P. Morgan. We have... Uh, Fortune magazine saying that uh, he was going to be the next Warren Buffett, but instead, all he turned out to be was a big Bernie Madoff. What else did he say here? He said, uh, he said, uh, oh, they said the reporter said, uh, you said a lot of stuff about how you wanted to make regulations, just good ones. Was that pretty much just PR too? And he said, uh, there's really no one out there making such good things happen. Bad things don't. So he said, uh, he said, yeah, just PR. F regulators. They make everything worse. They don't protect customers at all. That's his quote. So you, you, you talked a lot about wanting to protect us with regulations. Was that PR? Yeah, just PR. F regulators. They make everything worse. They don't protect customers at all. Hopefully, that might be a warning shot uh, across the bow of the SEC because um, he called them out. F the regulators. They make everything worse. They don't protect customers at all. Well, they certainly didn't protect customers at all from losing $10 billion. So let's talk about what regulators are going to do next and what that means for the industry overall and what I'm calling the last cryptocurrency bull market we'll ever see. So what do I mean by that? But we'll talk about that in a minute. If you're just tuning in and you're listening to the Mark Moss Show, we're talking about, of course, the decentralized revolution, but we're talking about the S, uh, SBF and the F FTX blow up. I'll be right back with more. Don't go away. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. 
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcast. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. Hello and welcome back. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the FTX cryptocurrency exchange blowing up, um, the largest meltdown we've seen in the cryptocurrency space. Now, I want to talk about um, regulation. So just before we went to break, I was reading... (laughs) quoting um, a direct message conversation that SBF had with some a reporter from Vox. And he said, uh, they said, uh, they asked him, uh, you said a lot of stuff about how you wanted to make regulations. Was that just PR too? He says, yes, just PR. F regulators, they make everything worse. They don't protect consumers or I'm sorry, they don't protect customers at all. And so the SEC is supposed to be there to protect customers. He says they don't do it, and they certainly didn't. They were all up in his business. If they can't catch this, they can't catch anything. If a, if, if a law-abiding corporation forgets to cross a T on a document, they're going to be all up in their business with fines. But him, he's just stealing $10 billion. Never mind that. They certainly didn't protect customers. So what happens? Well, Again, uh, I read, I I told you there's a betting market to see whether he gets indicted or not. 75% say no, he will not be indicted by the end of the year. He should already be in handcuffs. He should have been handcuffed immediately. As soon as we found out he stole that money, it should have been game over. What is he even doing walking around? What do we mean? Will he be indicted? Are you kidding me? We have all the facts we need. We have the information right here. We have all the documentation, everything. The fact that he's walking around a free man is just unbelievable to me. And will he ever be indicted? Well, we don't know. The buddy markets say no. Why? Well, Gary Gensler, the head of the SEC, says, well, it's a Bahamas. It's a Bahamas corporation. So I don't know if we have jurisdiction. You don't have jurisdiction. Well, he did have an offshore corporation, but he also had FTX US. He's also a US citizen. He also has defrauded all these American citizens of money. What do you mean we don't have jurisdiction? I mean, that's just insanity for Gary Gensler to say something like that. We need heads to roll. That's what we need. We need we need examples. Now, I'm afraid that this is just unfortunately as I'm calling the, the, the decentralized revolution, the, the entire world is going through a revolution and it's going to be very messy. 
But we're seeing this all over. Nobody wants to take accountability. Nobody wants to take responsibility. All we want to do is continually shuck off that. And so it's not the Federal Reserve's fault they didn't understand inflation. They printed way too much money and now we have inflation. It's not their fault. It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. You know, all these people that perpetrated this whole COVID pandemic and the lockdowns and all the damage and, and, and harm that's caused from that. And now they're saying the Atlantic ran that piece and said, oh, we just need amnesty. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. Can we just forgive all that? No, 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 no. We need accountability. We need responsibility. And we need examples made. People must pay the price not just because they've done wrong, which they have, but also so other people don't do the same thing. You don't just wipe out $10 billion of people's wealth like it's just a number on a spreadsheet without understanding the lives that are at risk. You don't just walk away from that and pretend like nothing happened because what prevents the next guy from doing that? I mean, shoot, if you can just go steal $10 billion and have no um, no responsibility or consequences for that, I mean, shh, maybe we should all just do that. Now, as a matter of fact, I've read before um, Vladimir Lenin um, in Russia, the Tsar of Russia 100 years ago, said that uh, the best way to destroy capitalism is to debouch the currency. So de devalue, debase the currency through inflation. And he said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, I'm not reading directly, but he said, um, um, through inflation, you can steal and confiscate wealth arbitrarily. So just at, as, as you want, you can just take people's money. And then he wanted to say that uh, through a series of inflation, you'll lose all relation to money and society will break down. And the best way to get rich will be through theft and gambling. Sam Bankman fried Jim Cramer said the next J.P. Morgan. Fortune Magazine said he's the next Warren Buffett. He built a $32 billion company in three years. Um, all the political elite, the World Economic Forum, Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, the Biden administration all praised him. He's the smartest guy in the world. All theft. So remember what Vladimir Lenin said, the best way to get wealth will be through gambling and theft. He stole all the money. He counterfeited it. And then he made more money by giving it to gamblers. Remember, gambling and theft. He theft and he made money off gambling. And if we don't set an example, then we're just going to get more of the same. Now, I wouldn't do it because, you know, I have morals. Luckily, I have, a, I have a father, I have a family that raised me up with morals and integrity and a conscience. Unfortunately, most people don't these days. And so if you don't make an example out of this, if there's no consequences to pay, if there's no responsibility, then what will stop people from doing the same thing? And of course, the answer is nothing will. My guess is, though that I think we're going to see some massive regulations come from this. I think we're going to have to. SEC Chair Gensler said this week, quote, non-compliant, end quote, crypto industry um, needs to be cracked down on. It, he says, uh, crypto investors need better protection in a space that is significantly non-compliant. Despite clear regulations, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commissioner Gary Gensler said in an interview to CNBC on Thursday, he said, quote, the runway is running out. Investors around the globe are getting hurt, end quote. Yeah, no kidding. $10 billion gone. Um, so I think, uh, I, I think, I think, I think they're going to be forced in order to do this. Now, what is a security and what is a, what is a commodity? And what does this mean for the cryptocurrency space overall? Like I said, I put out a tweet on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people are not liking my tweet on Twitter because, I said, 
This is why I believe we've seen the last crypto bull market. So a lot of people, they, they got in at the end, they lost their money. But wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't get in the bull market. I need one more. Can I get one more, please? One more. And I said, there's not going to be another one. People aren't happy about that. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you were around on hour one and you heard how I explained how all of this worked, if you weren't here, go back and listen to that. Because if you don't understand that, you're not going to understand what I'm about to say. So remember, they create these tokens out of thin air. And then um, venture capitalists come in and give them a little bit of money to create this token out of thin air. And then the venture capitalists are able to turn around and liquidate that money right away. Now, a venture capitalist is somebody who invests into um, early round companies, startups. Okay. Now, the way venture capitalists, VCs, way, the way the VC funds work is typically they put in a pool of money and then they'll invest that over like, say, 15 companies and then they'll give it like a seven to 10, 10 year time frame. So they know when I invest into Uber, for example, it's going to take 10 years before there's some sort of a liquidity event. So if I put my money into Uber or something like Uber, how do I get my money back out? Well, there has to be a liquidity event, meaning that Uber either has to get bought out typically or go public. If it goes public, then I get stock and I can sell my stock. But if there's no liquidity event, if it doesn't go public or it doesn't get bought out or some other way I can get my money out, I don't get my money out. And venture capitalists know that a lot of deals they do, they won't ever get their money back out. But of course, the few that do, they make big, big money. That's the way venture capital works. But now venture capital has been able to buy these tokens out of thin air and then automatically make 10, 20, 30 times on their money by dumping it on unsuspecting retail. And of course, they love it, which then means the media loves it, which then means the advertisers love it. And then you get all this hype around that. Now, if the uh, if the um, regulators come in and put laws around this, I think it could be the end of the bull market. And a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, Mark, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, it'll just go offshore. Okay, sure. I agree. They can't stop something decentralized. Okay, I agree. So if I agree with those statements, then why would I say that there won't be another crypto bull run? And by the way, I'm breaking apart, of course, Bitcoin, not crypto. I'm not talking about them too interchangeably. I think we'll see Bitcoin go on another bull run, and I think we might not see crypto go on another bull run. So what do I mean by that when I agree with all that? I'm going to break all that down for you when I come back in a second. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show breaking down the FTX scenario, what's going to happen with regulations and what happens with the crypto industry. We'll be back with all of that and more when I come back after just a quick short break. Don't go away. We're right back. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. 
If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better, your TV is. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We are talking about the FTX blow-up. FTX, the second largest cryptocurrency exchange, blew up taking over $10 billion of customer money with it, um, leaving probably, I'm guessing, hundreds of thousands of families broke. Massive amounts of fraud, the greatest negligence and fraud um, that we might have ever seen. The, um, the person overseeing the FTX bankruptcy filing also worked on the Enron case, and he said it's the worst he's seen in his career. And that's a lot. So, I'm saying that I think this is going to force regulators to to impose more regulations, be more strict. And I'm saying if that happens, which I think it will, then I think this could be the last crypto bull run. Now, like I said before the break, people, I put this on Twitter, people are all mad. They say, what do you mean, Mark? They can't shut crypto down. It's decentralized. They And, and, and it'll just go offshore and the U.S. regulators won't be able to reach it. I agree with that. But here's why I think it could be the last bull run. The reason why is because this got all of its momentum. It got all of its hype. It got all of its money because venture capitalists were able to come in and buy these tokens for nothing and then instantly flip them and make all this money and then spend all this money for, for media and for hype. And everybody got all caught up in this. If all of this goes offshore, into these dark, unregulated markets. That means like American firms, like these venture capital firms, the ones that have the hundreds of billions of dollars and the media won't participate. So will it go offshore? Sure. Will innovation still happen? Of course it will. It'll just be a fraction of the size. And I'm not saying I want this. Remember, this is what I think is going to happen. It's not what I want to happen. I would like the SEC to be disbanded. I'd like to see none of this happen. But it is what it is. So I think they're most likely going to be forced to do something. I think that um, most likely they're going to deem almost all of these cryptocurrencies, in my guess, like 99% of them as securities. And most of them will just go away. Some of them will survive. Some of them will go offshore. But this VC money, American VC money and media will not go with it. And so then the hype dies. And with the hype dies, so does the next bull run. I'm not saying it goes away. I'm not saying we'll never see it again. There will still be stuff being innovated. There will still be stuff being done. But this big run where all of a sudden you can close your eyes and buy some stupid dog coin, um, you know, cryptocurrency and make a thousand times on it. I think those days are over. Now, what is the difference between Bitcoin and crypto? Why would I say I think Bitcoin could have another bull run and crypto won't? So let's think, think about this. There's two types of uh, kind of financial assets that we can buy. One is cons one are commodities and one are securities. Commodities and securities. Securities are reg regulated by the SEC. Commodities are regulated by the CFTC. Commodities are things like gold, like precious metals, gold and silver, platinum, palladium, etc. There are things like oil, gas, right? There are things like food, like wheat, corn, 
right? Now, what do wheat and corn and oil and natural gas and precious metals all have in common? Well, they all come from the ground. They're all like naturally occurring things. There's no central issuer. There's no company that invented corn and sells people investments into creating corn. No, you can go buy a piece of land and you can plant corn or you can plant wheat or you can, you can mine for gold on your land or you can drill for oil on your land. Anybody in the world could go get land and could go grow wheat or corn or, or dig for gold or oil. Okay. And then no matter where in the world I grow wheat, wheat's wheat. It's fungible. No matter where I dig for gold, if I dig for gold in China or the U.S., it's still gold. Okay? So that's commodities. Securities are different. Securities are companies. Securities secured interests in companies. So a company starts, we're going to create this software, and um, we're going to raise money. And you can buy a share, a stock, a security in this company. Because in the future, we're going to do these things or whatever. It's a big difference. A company versus a commodity. So Bitcoin is a commodity. The SEC has been very clear about this. They said unequivocally, Bitcoin is a commodity. And the reason why is Bitcoin has no company. There's no company. There's no marketing department. There's no regulatory. There's there's no nothing. There's no steering committee. And it's one of the only very, very few cryptocurrencies that had no issuer. So Bitcoin was a piece of software that was created and released to the world. Anybody, even right now today, can go to go get a computer and you can mine for Bitcoin, just like you can go mine for gold today. Now, I don't have the same advantage mining for gold as like Barrick Gold, the largest gold mining company in the world. I don't have the same advantage. They have way more money. They can mine more gold than I can, but I can still go look for gold if I want. As a matter of fact, I'm in California. One of my good friends loves to go mine for gold in the rivers and stuff of Northern California, and he finds gold all the time. Um, just like I can go buy a computer and I can mine for Bitcoin today. Now, I don't have the same advantage that you know a big publicly traded um, Bitcoin mining company has. Uh, but but we can still do it the same. And whether I mine the Bitcoin or they mine the Bitcoin, it's the same Bitcoin. Whether I go find gold in the river or Barrick Gold finds the gold, it's the same gold. Okay. But Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency, was started by a company. 70% of the tokens were pre-mined, meaning when they created the company, they created the tokens, and they kept 70% for themselves and the rest they released onto the public. And like a company... There's a steering group. They're controlling what it does. So if you haven't been paying attention, Ethereum has changed their monetary policy, I believe, three times in the last couple of years. They recently just changed the entire consensus mechanism to go from a proof of work to a proof of stake. And they have a 10-year roadmap of what they're trying to do. That's centrally controlled, pre-mined. All right. Now, take Cardano, take... uh, whatever xyz token i don't care they're all basically the same there's a group of people that control it now that oh but it's decentralized governance okay call it what you will that's up for the sec to to decide but they issued the tokens so only bitcoin is a commodity now um i believe uh monero and uh litecoin and Sia coin, I think. So maybe there's like three other ones that didn't actually have a um, issuer as well. All the other ones had issuers, okay? Um, and so that's a big difference. And so SEC has already said one is a commodity. All the rest are still open for interpretation. If they say they are securities, 
then they have to be regulated securities. Now, this doesn't mean they go away. Now, we have securities all day. All these companies are securities. There's just a high bar there. You can't create tokens from thin air. You can't do that. Now, you can go raise money. Don't get me wrong. That's basically what companies do, right? So if I want to start Uber, I go raise $100 million, and I give you shares back, and those shares are each worth a percentage of that $100 million. So, so you kind of are, but there's just a lot of regulations around that. And so I think that's going to change the industry um, because if real investors with real money had to give that real money to a real company and maybe wouldn't get that money back for seven to 10 years unless that company actually succeeded and made a profit, you wouldn't have all the wild and rampant speculation that we see right now. Now, I think this is bullish for Bitcoin because all these cryptocurrencies, about 20,000 of them, are what we would call a denial of service attack against Bitcoin. So in the computer space, we have these DDoS attacks where like um, the spam will spam a server and it will, it will flood it and try to block it out. And all these cryptocurrencies are like a denial of service attack against Bitcoin. So instead of money going into Bitcoin, which is a commodity, a di digital asset that's a commodity, instead of money going in there, supply and demand, they go into these other 20,000 cryptocurrencies. And there was 2,000, there was 5,000, there was 10,000, there was 20,000, who knows, there'll be 50,000. But if they all go away, most of them go away except for the high bar of the ones that can pass the Security Act, the majority of them go away. Well, then all that money that was being siphoned into these you know, gambling tokens will find its way into Bitcoin. And so that's why I said, I think the last bull run of crypto, but not of Bitcoin. I think this is very bearish for crypto as a category. I think it's very bullish for Bitcoin. And I believe people are now starting to realize like these are not the same. And all of this money that was finding its way over there will eventually find its way into Bitcoin. But that's my take. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We are talking about the FTX blow up, the cryptocurrency market meltdown, and the fraud that happened because of that. If you missed any of it, don't worry. Catch me on the podcast. Just check out Mark Moss on your favorite podcast player. Check me out on YouTube as well. I'll be back with more in a minute, so don't go away. High Five, High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time 
you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts.